anything like that. I'm a very confident front runner for Caddy for 33 years, 145 wins now, and that's the best win I've ever had. I have no idea what you have. I don't know. Um, how are we going to count all the shots? If you, I, I can't keep track. I don't think he's pleased. Of course you would. That's a, that's a particularly stupid question. If they are, show up. Of course you want to play at the weekend. Well, they said this day would never come. He had his doubters. He had his detractors. Lowly golf presenters who can't even shoot 75 were scoffing at him. I may be talking about me here. Tony Finau, your time has come. Fionn Davenport, hello. Hey, Joe. Tony Finau, super fan. Peter Laurie, hello to you. Hello, Joe. All I can say is this, Joe. Back nine at 30, puts all the, the naysayers to bed. Well done, I must Tony. admit, Peter, I must admit that when Cam Smith wiped his tee shot OB right on the playoff hole, I did think to myself, Tony might still lose this. Nah. Ah, cheekers. <laughs> I thought the same. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, hey, you figured out how could he lose it from there. What a win for the big man. I have to say, I was very, very happy for him. And I was rooting for him. And on 18, when he put his second into the bunker and short-sighted himself, I thought, oh, my God, Tony, you found a new way to do this. In regulation play, that is. You found a new way to cough this up. And in fairness to him, that was quite the up and down under the circumstances, Peter. I got to give it to the big guy. I tell you, his uh, his putting has changed dramatically, hasn't it? Um he holds some great putts coming down the stretch under pressure, and especially the one on 18. Um, thankfully, it was uphill right to left. Uh, he could give it a little bit of a, a go and not to worry too much about it. But um, look, I thought the same, you know, not again. He's lost it here. He's hit it in the bunker. He's not going to get up and down. Gives everybody else a chance. But no, fair play to him. Fiona, as Tony once said to Tiger Woods, a man maybe 20 years his elder on the 18th at the Masters in 2019. Oh, my God. I'm proud yeah. of you. I'm proud <laughs> of you. <laughs> um, I was listening to that, uh, you know, that Golf Today program, that Sky show when they have literally nothing else to show. Yeah. Uh, is it... Um, I can't remember the the host, but they were inter- they were they had their on-course presenter was your one, Kira Dixon. Is that her name? The former you can't Miss say New York. You're one anymore, for God's sake. Come on, Fionn. You're better than that. You're one. But you can say your man. I know. I'm allowed to say that, Fionn, because I forget people's names. Your man or your you, Fionn. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but, but she she was saying that uh, when, so after obviously he signed his card and blah, 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 the amount of people who stuck around to congratulate him was phenomenal. Yeah. Like the, that, like, this isn't just, like, a great win for him after nearly 2,000 days, whatever, 1,975 since his last one. Um, but that he, we, I think we all have an impression of him as being one of the nice guys of golf, like one of the genuinely just decent blokes. But it seems that that opinion is shared by his fellow pros, yes. a lot of whom stuck around to congratulate him. And almost, you know, you don't imagine a player can go a long, long time. Not every player who goes a long time between wins is going to generate the same level of enthusiastic sympathy as Tony Fino. So uh, I was thrilled, you know, and also as well as, as much as Cameron Smith is not an uninteresting golfer, you know, with that crazy mullet. And I heard, 
I can't remember. It was one of the Sky Boys say it a few weeks ago. Is that they they talked about Cameron Smith and he goes, "Well, he's a he's an interesting character," which is often a euphemism for, you know, he's he's very much a, a peculiar individual. So I'm always curious as to what Cameron Smith is like. But he is a terrific golfer. Yeah. And had he won, I would have been like, "Eh, yeah, good." But the fact that Tony Finau won made up for the terrible disappointment of Jordan Spieth. You know. Auto defay, push the button, self implode. That happened. Yeah, Cam Smith's been a welcome addition, I think, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I do like a good Aussie contingent on the world golf stage, and he's going to win and win big. Just on uh, Tony Fina, so he was talking about Monday evening. I was inclined to say Sunday there. Of course, this was Monday finish at Liberty National. He said uh, he was on a total high, which was cool, he said. He said around three o'clock, three in the morning after having some food with uh, his oh. um, entourage that um, he was still up. He was still returning lots of messages that were coming in, talking to some of his family. And then he got hungry again. So him and Boyd uh, went to McDonald's at 3 a.m., their fourth meal of the evening. So he said um, he had this was the Fina order. He's a big boy. He had a Big Mac. He had a double quarter pounder with cheese. He had 10 nuggets. He had large fl- fries. And an Oreo McFlurry and a bottle of water. Uh, he said, uh, I haven't been into fast food like that since I was a kid, but I felt like that it was worth the price of admission at the time. I had no problem cleaning all of it up. He went to bed around 5 a.m. Then he woke up at 8 a.m. and immediately went to the gym. Of course. Can I just say as well, it's worth pointing out to European listeners that large fries in Europe and large fries in America are two completely different things. When I was in Orlando before pandemic, I went to the world's biggest McDonald's on iDrive. And uh, so I don't eat McDonald's that often. But anyway, but the large meal is like, I won't say twice the size of the equivalent here in Europe, but close enough. So that's a big dinner at 3 a.m. Yeah. Uh, was there anything about Finau's play on Monday, the 30 on the back nine? I mean, his eagle really got things moving, uh, Peter. Mm. Was there anything about his play which gave you more of a sense of comfort or, you know, a feeling that this guy is learning how to close events? Or would you still have the touch of uh, misgiving about him if he was still in the back nine on a major day? His putting uh, really was was his key, really, to the whole lot. Um, it doesn't look pretty. It looks like he could miss a couple, but he he seemed to somehow on the back nine get the putter going towards the hole with with a little bit of ease. I wouldn't say it, it, it looked you know spectacular. There's still the way he holds it over and he's hovering. He kind of has a little touch, touch, touch go. Hmm. Um, but he's definitely worked with a sports psychologist, uh, and that's for sure. Um, because he, he, he does the same thing now every time with the putter, um, which is great to see um, because that's really, that's been his Achilles heel the whole time. Like, he, he drove the ball beautifully. His iron play was very good. Um, his short game is always, you know, his pitching is always very good. Uh, but, you know, we we all know from past performances he he has a tendency to miss from inside five feet, but he didn't do it on the back nine. So look, I have uh, made Tony the butt of a few jokes, not least when you tip him, Peter. By way of uh, recompense on my part, I want to just uh, briefly rehash the Tony Finau story and just illustrate why I am really happy that he won and why he is like such a great story 
in golf. So I spent my morning thinking about Tony Fina. So let me give you the potted history here just to remind everyone why it is a great thing that he won and why I was um, a real lousy media type for uh, scoffing at him over the last five years. I mean, mainly, mainly he was a vehicle to scoff at you, Peter, but I scoffed at him along the way. So uh, Tony Finau, born in 1989, his brother Gipper, who, by the way, is the talented one of the two, his brother Gipper, 11 months later, he watched his first uh, golf tournament at age seven, and that was Tiger Woods winning the Masters. And that's when he really became transfixed with golf. So the story here is they grew up in uh, Utah. Uh, Tony's father moved to the States in 1974. His family at 10 moved from Tonga to the States. So by the time Tony came around, his dad was supporting a family of nine. He was earning $35,000 a year. He was doing the graveyard shift as a baggage handler at the airport. So Tony and Gipper, they were born 11 months apart. They were best friends. They were, you know, uh, yeah, Irish twins, as said, they have uh, been referred to in various articles. So golf was a thing for Gipper. He liked golf. He thought it was cool. And Tony, it's his brother. They're hanging out all the time. They say, right, we want to play golf. Father can't afford this. $35,000 supporting a family of nine. Golf in America is very expensive, as we know. So he knew nothing about golf. He went and bought adult clubs at the Salvation Army for 75 cents a piece. He cut them himself down to junior size. He knew nothing about golf. So father, Kalepi is his name. He went to the library. He saw a book called Golf My Way by Jack Nicholas. He takes it out of the library. It becomes the Finau Bible. He goes to the municipal courses down the street, realizes he can't afford for the two boys to play golf. It's too expensive. And so he then hears that they're allowed to use the pitch and put practice greens for free. So the boys go and spend all their time there. He goes around the neighborhood when everyone hears what he's up to and gets golf balls for the boys to go to the practice green at the pitch and put course and practice there for free. And then in the garage, everyone knows about the garage. He takes the car to the garage, puts a mattress up on the wall. Earl Wood style, actually, I guess. And uh, the Finau Country Club is open for business. Uh, Tony has a great quote. He says, I didn't realize until I was 15 or 16 that my dad had no clue what he was doing. <laughs> and in the garage, his dad hung up a sign uh, for the two boys. And it said, one, listen, two, be serious, three, don't quit. So that was in the garage. Like I said, the practice and pitch and put on the green for free. This is at the Jordan River Par 3 golf course. And step forward, Richard Mason. So he's a pro there. And he sees the female kids. They're there every day. They're practicing. They're taking this very seriously. And Richard Mason says, you know what, you two? You can play for free as much as you want. The course is yours. And Tony Fina says, there is no way we would have learned to play if not for that golf course. So it's amazing the generosity of Richard Mason to two kids who couldn't afford to play where that leads to. Uh, Tony didn't hit a driver until he was nine. The high school story is very interesting. He had offers because where he gets around, these kids are good. And Gipper in particular, Gipper, his brother is on TV, you know, kind of Tiger Woods style, chipping balls into washing machines, all that business. There were offers from other high schools and these other schools had golf programs and the Finau family decided it would be um, disloyal to go to those high schools outside the area. So they went to their local high school with all their neighborhood friends, which didn't have a golf program. But still, uh, the Finas are doing their thing. Uh, there's a scholarship offer from Stanford. Thank you very much. When Tony's on the verge of leaving high school. Instead, Tony turns pro aged 17. 
doesn't go to Stanford. 20, 2007 to 2011, goes to Q school each year, fails to make it past the second round each time. November 2011, disaster for the family. His mother aged 47, Tony's 22 at this stage, Gipper's 21. His mother aged 47, dies in a car crash. Total shock, total devastation for the family. Tony takes eight weeks off with the stress. He's devastated, can't play golf. Um, in the end, he says his mother wouldn't want him to quit. So he gets back on the mini tours and he starts winning and winning and winning. Makes it onto the PGA Tour 2014-15 season. Rookie year, makes $2 million. Family fortunes are transformed. 2016 makes 1.8 million, wins the Puerto Rico Open. 2017 makes 2.8 million, and on it goes. And it's just the most remarkable story. I mentioned his high school. So there is uh, the Tony Finau Foundation, which is funded by his uh, winnings. So every year he goes back to Rose Park, visits the uh, six elementary schools in his old neighborhood. It's almost a show and tell with Tony Finau there. He shows a three minute clip that shows his career and what he's going to do from this area. And then he talks to the kids. Uh, as for Gipper, the real star of the show grown up, it seems the loss of his mother really hit him hard at 21. He took a year off from golf. He was utterly devastated. I was reading a piece which says Gipper's story remains a bit of a mystery, if not a cautionary tale. By most accounts, he was the superstar growing up, the kid on the local news, the one with the brightest future. In 06, he set a web.com tour record by making the cut in an event at the age of 16. But Gipper never has been able to clear the final hurdle. He flames out at uh, Q School each fall. Um, and one other point you would have noticed, I maybe you guys all knew this. So Finau was wearing green in the final round, and I just hadn't put it together. Finau wears green in every final round because green was his mother's favorite color. I know she's following me, he said when he was asked about that. So Tony Finau. I'm delighted for you. I mean, it is it is beautiful for, you know, for all the jokes and all the scoffs. It is, Fionn, like a remarkable kind of story. It's a great one for golf. And he is, as you said, just nicest guy out there by all accounts. Mm. 2016, last point for me. Yeah. Played on the PGA Tour in Texas. One of his drives hit a spectator on the head and the girl needed stitches. After the round, he found out who she was. He showed up at her parents' house with flowers, chocolates, and a get-well card. He felt so terrible about the whole thing. Mm. So, uh, Tony Fino, take a bow. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. It, like, his his origin story is is incredible. And like a lot of golfers, you know, they, they've had some rough times getting to where they are. Um, nobody, nobody belies uh, Tony Finau's win because, as we said, and we keep saying, he is genuinely one of the decent guys on tour. However, here's the thing. Put it into context a little bit. It's it's it is we we are basking in the glow of his success. So I, I I do this with a slight bit of hesitation. He's one of the most talented guys out there. So the fact that he hasn't won for five years and that the last time he won was the Puerto Rico Open, which was a limit a smaller field or a less deep field because it was played against a WGC event, really illustrates that he's an underachiever. Hmm. He is a real underachiever, and so. You know, he's won. That's great. But, like, hopefully he can kick on and whatever it is that has been holding him back from a win. Like, we know it's not it's not easy to win. We know that. But th this, this should be seen as very much finally, you know, as well as yay. You know, so I think I think there is a context here. It's not as if, like, you know, he hasn't won a major. He's won a PGA Tour event. But his talent suggests that he should have won a hell of a lot more. 
True. And and this isn't, uh, and, and I'm not calling him a choker. I'm not calling him anything like that. I'm just saying this is that here's fingers crossed that he's turned a corner and has yeah. learned something. Peter said earlier that he's definitely worked with a sports psychologist. Let's hope that whatever he's done will hopefully help him accelerate into a place where he can maybe not win every year, but certainly add more wins to his, you know, to, to the wall than just one every five years. Yeah. Because the criticism still stands, Peter. He Absolutely. should have won a lot more. Not yet. I mean, it's not like he's not a hacker. He's like, he hits the ball a country mile. He's an unbelievably good golfer. Um, and... But like, you know, if putting has been his weak point and he put it very, very well, conversely, I know we're going to talk about John Ram. John Ram's putting let him down um, this week. But at the same time, like, you know, nobody's going to criticize John Ram, who's just performances over the last whatever number of months have just been out of this world. But um, no, but so I think great. I'm delighted. I really like Tony Finau. It's nice when nice guys do well. Um, But like, you know. It's like I, I also don't feel like that all of the criticisms are now all of a sudden rendered null and void. That's no, like they're, not. The point they're not. Yeah. They're not. They're not. Totally. Like I'm not suddenly saying, oh, my God, Tony Finau. <laughs> he, he's your man <laughs> on a Sunday. You know? <laughs> yeah. This this is another Jordan Spieth, isn't it, really? Who? What do you mean? So. This is just used two boys. You know what I mean? You're eventually climbing down from your high horses oh. and realizing oh. that actually – I, I do know what I'm talking about the odd time. Sorry yeah. now. Has Jordan yes, Spieth man. not blown you out of the water with his comeback? We stuck by him the whole time. Jordan Spieth is the wrong example. Tony Finau, I mean, you throw enough mud at the wall. Of course he's going to win one eventually. Like, oh, in he was in the top 10 go. like every there week. He go. had to win eventually. There you go. He's a brilliant player. For his talent, Peter, and how good he is and the yeah. positions he puts himself in, there is still a question mark there, no? Will he win I, a major is the question. Yeah. Well, I... Yeah, I'm going to sit in the fence, really, on that one. Um, you never sit in the fence, in fairness do you, to you. Peter, no. do, you not think, do you not think that... Just to reiterate what Joe said, do you not think that given the talent that he has, that he has underachieved a hell of a lot... Like, as much as Ricky Fowler, in terms of, you know what I mean? As a guy, you're just looking and you're going, what is it that you're not, you're not able to translate that ability into crossing the finishing line? Yeah, look, I'd agree with you. Yes. He, he, see, I, I was lucky enough to be one of these guys that, that saw these two kids when they were yeah. growing up in oh, wow. Sweden. Right. Um, they came over to play in the tournament. They were invited to play. Um, so I was lucky enough to get them. You know what I mean? You, like It was like I, I, I met Tiger Woods playing in the um, the Palmer Cup when Tiger Woods wasn't Tiger Woods. But you could always say, you know, this guy was going to be a superstar. Rory the same, you know, um, when he came out on tour, always going to be a superstar. Um Tony and his brother, you would have said both of them would have succeeded. But, you know, life isn't like that. It just, you know, Mm. some guys get the look and some guys don't. Um, But it proves the fact that, and and we probably should take it into context when when we talk about Rory and other players, that it is exceptionally difficult to win out on tour. 
um, and especially in America. Um, never mind the European tour. The American tour is where it's at, and there's so many good players. You know what I mean? You you have to have that break of the ball. You have to have that put. You have to have it all. And Peter, I was being genuine there when I said it's not like you to sit in the fence. Like, you rarely do. The fact that you're unwilling to kind of say you think you will win a major suggests there's still something there that's giving you cause for concern. Of course there is. It's putting. You know what I mean? You can't you can't win a major um, being a bad putter. Um, you know, uh, and even being a streaky putter, it, it, it gets to you. And, and we've seen it in the past with Tony that especially when he gets into contention, yeah. the putter the putter just disintegrates on him. Um, and, you know, so to, so for me to sit here and say, yes, he's definitely going to win a major. No, I can't do that. Yeah, and and hence, he'll go into most majors going forward now, not definitely not as the bookie's favourite, but one to watch. Yeah. Just before we leave uh, Fino and the Northern Trust, so here's Fino talking in the immediate aftermath of the win. And uh, he starts here. He was asked, obviously, about the agony of watching Cam Smith play the 18th in regulation, where a birdie for Cam Smith would have sealed the deal. So Tony was uh, looking on nervously, hoping that Smith would make uh, par or worse. So here's Tony Finau just after the win. This is on Monday evening. Well, I, I was just, you know, I obviously was just hoping to get in a playoff when he hit a great drive and hit a great second shot. You know, I, I was there by the green. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to explain. I don't want to cheer against somebody, but I would have just I just loved, you know, for me to have another chance to go up 18. Um, and you know, he just left the putt a little bit short, so I knew in the playoff I was going to have a chance. But I, I was playing great, you know, and I I tried not to get too far ahead of myself. I thought that putt on 18 was huge for me, and just my confidence. You know, I got it was a big up and down. I knew what it was going to be for. Worst case scenario for me, you know, a playoff, and and so I hit some really clutch shots. Uh, when I needed to, and I think it's going to be um, a huge for my confidence moving forward. You know, I've I played really nicely in in big tournaments, um, but to turn in a thirty on the back nine of um, of a playoff event, you know, playing trying to chase down the best player in the world. I mean, those are all things that will go in the memory bank, and and hopefully, you know, I'll continue with the success moving forward. And, and on the, on the, does it feel massive? Just to Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I continue to believe in myself. You know, that's the bottom line. You know, this is, it's, it's more massive, I think, for um, just, you know, my sense of accomplishment for myself. I've worked extremely hard, not only on my game, on my body, um, to put myself in these types of positions. Um, and I, eventually I knew it was going to happen. You know, it's, it's hard losing, you know, and it's hard losing in front of the world. I've done it, you know, already a couple times this year in playoffs. You know, it's happened to me. So, um, that made me more hungry. That's what it does. You know, if it doesn't discourage you, it makes you more hungry. You guys keep telling me, when are you going to win again? It makes me more hungry. So um, it's all equaled up to now. You know, this has been the time for me to win again. And, and you know, I, I hope I don't have to wait another five years for the next one. <laughs> if you're not a subscriber, this is where we'll say goodbye to you. So come join us. Patreon.com forward slash Golf Weekly is where you'll get us. Do come and join us. Ryder Cup obviously coming up and it's three ninety nine plus fat per month and uh, podcasts every week plus uh, bonus podcasts around the uh, majors and bigger events. So hopefully we'll have you along for the ride. So Patreon.com forward slash uh, Golf Weekly is where you can sign up. Right here in Dublin.
Parker kid right here. 